in progress. Hi, and welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body, mind, spirit approach to mental health. I am your host, Summer Sites, today, and I'm excited to invite a guest today, Nina Petruzzo. She's coming to us from Colorado. I have been following her a little while on um, Instagram, just really being inspired by her desire to bring kind of a faith-based approach to feminine leadership and mentorship. She's devoted to supporting women and restoring their leadership, um, their relationship with God, reclaiming their beloved identity. She's passionate about helping women and resurrecting the fullness of their feminine essence, which we talk a lot about here. And love, I love that, and love that beats within um, to liberate their lives, relationships, and business. She's really, I know I've noticed that you do work with women that are rising in their business, their entrepreneurship. I've recognized that you're doing work just helping people stand in their own power in their lives and really connecting. Uh, to women in the unique way that we lead in the world, like we we lead in a different way, and and yet it's such a com- it's such a beautiful complement, right, to the masculine, right. So I love that you're coming today, and I'm just going to give Nina a minute to just introduce herself and say hello to everyone. Uh, well, I'm so grateful, Summer, for you inviting me into this space, and really grateful to be received by your community and the heartbeats that are listening here. And Summer, I mean, that was a beautiful intro. I, feel, I honestly feel that summed it up. And I mean, I my background ranges in a few different things. Summer and I were chatting before. You know, my more yeah. clinical background is as an occupational therapist, and I practice therapy for over a decade, um, same with yoga, yoga teaching and being, uh, um, in a mentorship role for other teachers for a number of years. And a lot of those paths ultimately led me to my coaching business, which has also transformed quite a bit in the last couple of years. And I think that is so much a big piece of the beauty of the feminine is that to me, the feminine is just this beautiful, constant regenerative cycle of death and rebirth. And Mm. I've definitely met that, you know, time and time again in my own life. And really the only thing I'm certain of in this life right now is that death and rebirth is inevitable. And we're going to meet that cycle over and over and over again. So yeah, I'm just really excited to go deep and, and let this conversation emerge, whatever it wants to bring up and bring through. And I noticed so much alignment, you know, just in you and I are in our journey, our learning journey, especially coming from a place of, and that's why our topic today is embodied leadership, because understanding the need to address the body, understand the body as a beautiful wisdom truth giver, um, especially in your line of work, I can imagine the body has taught you many things about how we really do move into leadership, move into flow, move into these spaces. You know, just some ideas there as we step in, you know, what is the embodiment piece Mm. kind of brought to you and your work? Because you're coming from a space of really working with the human body. Yeah. And yeah, it's a really beautiful question. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because I've obviously, I feel like all of us, you know, at a certain point, we do a lot of reflection on our life journey and kind of mm-hmm. start to see in hindsight, how these threads have really come together to create like the fabric that we now are. And when I really look back on my entire life, the, the most prominent thread has always been the body. I've always been really inspired and, you know, curious and full of wonder about the human body itself. You know, I grew up doing dance, you know, classic dance, more ballet, um, from age three until age 22. So I always had a very, um, you know, body-based practice that was a major part of my life. And I appreciate dance for so many reasons because, you know, from a very young age, it gave me an invitation and opportunity to be in the exploration of my body through movement and dance also gifted me a lot of discipline and a lot Mm -hmm. of, um, and a lot of grace and, and a lot of patience with myself in many ways, especially because I was in a more classically trained style and tradition. And, and also some of that bred a little bit of perfectionism and controlling tendencies and all of the things, but there was so much beauty in that practice. And then, you know, kind of after I retired, you know, from, from the heavily, heavily based, you know, dance 
background because I studied dance in college as well, alongside, you know, my occupational therapy degree, um, I was then led to yoga. And Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, that was a really powerful transition for me because I feel yoga really gifted me this space to land into my body as a place of devotion, not just solely discipline. And, I feel yoga was an opening again of a beautiful path to go even deeper into somatics and body-based healing really first for myself and really right, right going down and in and, and being attuned and awakened to deeper emotions and feelings and things that were alive in my body. But for so long, I had really stored and suppressed and yoga gave me a beautiful opportunity to unravel and untangle and look at a lot of what had been stored so deeply in my system. And, you know, my, my training in that was always alignment based. I I always kind of followed a very more disciplined approach, even through yoga, but in that too, there was also so much flow and so much devotion. And I began to be in my body and move in my body in a different way. And then as a therapist, I was always really drawn to all the trauma-informed body-based trainings. That's just where my passion was. I primarily worked with children, um, especially children and families experiencing complex trauma, but a lot of my kiddos had severe and significant, you know, um, movement, um, issues, um, cerebral palsy, down syndrome, um, traumatic brain injury, you know, all all different things that then impact the nervous system in different ways. And also the entire body physiology and my, you know, kind of clinical training really drove me to, to more deeply study the body and how to support my children and my families and the way that they move again and how they were able to play and function in the world, you know, with the body that they were given. So it's like this body piece has been the biggest part of my, my work. And even when I started my business, you know, officially in 2020, I was always kind of teaching yoga, leading retreat. What about death and rebirth right there? I just see the symbol of you starting a business in the middle of 2020. That's quite the rise from the ashes as a phoenix. I really think that's amazing. And I, and I feel, (laughs) I saw that I was like, wow, that's impressive. Oh yeah. Right in March of 2020. And, and I feel many of us had that invitation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Stillness brought us to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like in this year that there was obviously major collective upheaval and uncertainty and change. And I was working part-time as a therapist, you know, doing more home health at that point. So about 20 hours a week and then running my business on the side, you know, mostly leading events in my city at the time for entrepreneurs and women. And it was really in March, you know, I got the phone call from my boss and they had to furlough, you know, the part-time employees because of COVID and the uncertainty and all of the things. And in that moment, I, my body just completely expanded. And cause I'd almost been praying for this to happen for yeah. a number of months. You know, I was just asking God, give me the sign, give me the sign, you know, I'll trust when this time is right for me to fully transition because I hung on to that job for a lot of stability and for a lot of financial safety and all the things that, you know, that we tend to grasp too, because it's what we know and it's been what's predictable and it's been what has provided some kind of comfort. And in that moment, I really took it as such a blessing. And I heard such a clear voice from God just saying like, all right, it's time, like, let's go. And that was really that moment that I chose to bravely trust my possibilities and really trust the vision that God had been planting within me for many months and really taking March of 2020 as the opportunity to fully go all into my business. And, and I, and I did just that and I have not looked back since. And a lot of what, what I've done has not made sense. You know, my parents didn't understand it. A lot of my close friends are like, what are you doing? But I, I just had that, that deep, deep, deep trust and deep, deep, deep faith that I'd be so supported by God in every step of the way. And, and I did a part of me had to die a part that was hanging on to comfort and security and my illusionary safety to then expand into my possibility and potential and really the destiny that God 
wanted me to walk towards. And I had Mm. to allow that destiny to become bigger than my own doubts and my own fears. And something that one of my mentors always would say, and it's something that I, I always say to myself, you know, I won't let doubt dismantle my destiny. And really, you know, it was like this erection of courage that really compounded within myself to just keep taking the next brave step and to just keep trusting. Okay. Here's the next step. You know, just let's go here. And God kept telling me, you don't have to see the next mile or the next marathon, like just trust this next thing and just keep going. So, you know, I do feel, especially for women, we're all in a beautiful regenerative process of, you know, release and shedding and rebirthing and and rising, you know, throughout our lifetime. But I do feel entrepreneurship definitely gives you a major, (laughs) a major, a major check on where you are with trust. surrender. So yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I, I re I rebirthed my business and changed the direction of what I've done even within what I'm doing at whole woman yeah. many, many times, um, because like you, I'll get still, I'll create a, a sacred space of devotion, right. Where I'm just allowing something to come through me. And then I'll be surprised just as anyone else. And, but yes. what, what's so beautiful is it will really align with my heart. There'll be a joy. There'll be an excitement. Like, yes, yeah. that's everything I knew. I didn't know I always wanted, right. It kind of feels like that because you're getting to know yourself through the divine in these birthing moments, right? I think those of us who birth children, I have three, you know, you, you get to know yourself and like bringing this child into the world and raising them up and it, it refines you and it challenges you, right? Even just the actual physical birthing process of so many women relate to, it's not that different with bringing in our divine leadership, right? It's, it refines you, it grows you, it expands you. You do have to go beyond your borders and go even further, and so you have to lean into the divine. And I love, we're going to talk about your background a little bit here, but to have that support, to be able to move into that next phase and go again, we talked about going beyond borders. I, I loved how you brought in that aspect with your parents, because I think so many relate to that systems, families, spouses, even sometimes oh, yeah. not recognizing and understanding because they're not the one receiving this what it is and having to stand within your own sovereignty that I know what I know. I know what I felt and I'm going to do that thing. And then I'm going to let maybe it be misunderstood. I'm going to let myself not have the support of quote unquote, the world. Right. But like have the divine and and there's always people and, and, and support coming, but it just may come in different ways. Yeah. That's what I've experienced. What about you, Nina? Oh, hundred percent. And oh, there's so much in what you just said. And I, and I love that you brought it back to the birthing process because I, I personally have not given physical birth to a child yet. It's something that I hold as a deep yearning and, and dream. That's really, really precious in my heart right now. But being a woman, I think we all can sense, you know, like viscerally a, a lot of that process. And we, we experience this because we experience mm-hmm. it through our creative projects. We, we energetically birth. Absolutely. Oh, and those that haven't had it. We all have exactly. that tendency, whether it's physical or spiritual, right? Exactly. And, you know, I always think of anything that's essentially quote unquote being birthed in my business. You know, I do go through that process. You know, I feel as women, when we are shifting and evolving and kind of, kind of moving in this death and rebirth cycle, you're going to move through the contraction, the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, the uncertainty, the unknown, you know, the things that maybe have been keeping you where you are, like the stories that have been currently dictating your beliefs and your, your behaviors. And then you have an opportunity to dilate, to dilate with the discomfort, to expand mm. with yes. the unknown. There's pressure there. Absolutely. There, yes. yes. And it's absolutely, it's like, because if we stay contracted, nothing will be able to come through. Just like if you're trying to birth a baby, if you're trying to control and hang on and you're scared and you're not letting the dilation happen, it's like, right. It, everything just stays closed. We can't quite literally move life, move our creative energy. And I feel this, the dilation piece is actually the biggest piece that I support women with is really learning how to hold themselves and really being able to dilate with the discomfort, regulating their nervous system, creating more flexibility and resiliency within the nervous system in their body so that they can move through that dilation more gracefully because then the dilation leads to the opening. It leads mm-hmm. to the, the, the surrender, right. The release. Yes. And I do think that so often 
we fear the surrender process. And again, just yeah, we for do. those that are men, you know, I know you maybe understand this, but I think everybody does, right? This idea of there's like that pressure that we feel before we're stepping into something new and we doubt ourselves and we feel the sense yeah. of like, I don't know if I can do this. Our nervous systems get very dysregulated there. Yes. Yeah. And how do you support um, that? I, I absolutely, that's, we were talking about embodiment. Maybe we can bring some of that in here. Just some, just some ideas. Um, I also teach somatic work as well. And just some ideas around, um, I loved your concept of, you know, breath, like, you know, breathing with the divine as we're going to come in and move into that, but just really being connected to breath. I think for many, it's something we all share. Yes. As breathing human beings, like this power of breath. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would say, you know, the breath is like, I, I, I think of the breath as being an extension of this, the Holy spirit, the spirit, you know, the divine itself. And I feel the breath is one of our greatest tools of again, anchoring into our bodies and finding again, that safety and stability within ourselves, because the breath is quite literally something that is moving through us in every moment. And the more we can be aware and present with the breath, we then become more present with sensation, which is a huge thing that I work on with women. You know, usually where we begin is, is just in that intimacy with the breath and intimacy with sensation. And I call sensation, the language of the body and to be able to really, have any clarity on the direction of where you're going, or again, with your intuition and the next step you're going to take, you have to have that listening space cultivated to have slowed down, to have been, you know, have gotten more comfortable in sacred stillness and spaciousness to be able to, to listen and receive, and also to feel sensation and not dissociate or run or right. Go into our very habitual fight flight free, you know, all the patterns that are so ingrained and embedded in us, but really it's, it's these opportunities that make us uncomfortable that might even trigger and activate us that are really gifting us an invitation into deeper self-holding into that dilation into, can I stay with my body when I'm meeting an uncomfortable sensation? Can I just even like label to myself, like, starting to feel tight in my chest, or, mm-hmm. you know, I have a knot in my, my stomach right now, or my hands are cold or my, my limbs, my arms are starting to shake. Like just even starting to have that awareness in the body then gives us the opportunity to begin to move it and to begin to transmute it and, and alchemize it essentially, which is one of the big powers of the feminine is, is transmutation and, you know, being able to shift and move the emotional energy through the body, because when we don't, and I know, you know, this so deeply summer, it, it just gets stored and suppressed. And then it just hangs on to whatever. Frozen, frozen. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will keep dictating how you're then moving in your life. So yeah, a lot of the body-based practices I explore is, definitely just slowing down because to me too, it's like, we only really start to come into our body and like start to regulate our nervous system through slow motion spaces through like Mm -hmm. truly moving much slower and like not living in a state of urgency and going and constant doing and all the things that unfortunately we have been so conditioned into in our society but really letting ourselves come into that deeper state of presence and then coming into deeper communication with our body's language through sensation. And then really starting to understand how I can hold and support myself in this. And of course, there's many tools and practices, you know, that we can use and learn, you know, and I, I use a lot of movement and tapping and again, breathing and, and again, body-based modalities to help people move the energy through their body, but it all first begins truly with awareness and acknowledgement of what is actually happening in my body. I think awareness starts to move the fear out, right? Because a lot of times we're avoiding resisting, like you said, it's kind of like the women, like, like I'm not actually in labor, this isn't happening. Right. But it is. And so when we can learn to move with it, right? What we resist creates greater suffering, right? We work, yeah. we move with it. Um, it allows those things to release. And I, I do, I do see, um, 
you know, a lot of us, especially who've had a lot of trauma and as you've worked with people with trauma, you know, right. They've, they've been so overwhelmed in their bodies that there's an, there's a deep embedded fear of that overwhelm again. They have a lot of protector totally strategies, energies, parts of them, right. That protect. And so learning how to have awareness of that and kind of work with that versus against that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's about slowing down. The nervous system moves so slowly. And so we kind of, we got to have to move at the pace of that nervous system, like one little micro step at a time. And I think that's where I often find my clients getting lost is they're like, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I did it. I slowed down for five minutes. I even did it for three weeks. How come I don't feel better now? You know, and you're like, but bodies heal. I mean, if we got a cold or if I went out and broke my leg, I wouldn't expect it to heal in three days. I would understand that I'm going to just keep micro moving that along, do physical therapy, you know, and, and the body and emotional healing is similar, right? Like there's just this process of doing the work and then taking a step back and letting that work integrate, right? Doing the work yes. and taking a step back. And, and I think a lot of times people just like, well, I'm just going to work, 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 work. And that's them getting back into that flight or fight sympathetic again. So just the way we Western kind of like a vote of a do life, right? Everything's about getting it done, accomplishing the goal. Totally. It, it makes it tough. I think for us to be in this flow state that is the feminine energy healing. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's very counter to what our brain often thinks it should look like. Totally. And we, and we lose the beauty of, of the integration and, you know, even in this, my entire, like most of my own personal past year has been surrender and integration. I had to dramatically slow down my business, my life, so much of the external. I had to, yeah, release all many of the things that I thought were success and metrics of success and, you know, things that had worked and God was like, this isn't going to take you any further. Like I need you to hand over more of your control to me so I can actually create something more beautiful with the gifts that you have. And, and that Mm -hmm. is, it's, it's super scary for people to really, you know, release their grasp on resistance and controlling and, and living in the ways that we've been programmed to live. And, and I just love that you said it's, it's a divinely integrative process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, Oh, okay. Snap my fingers. Everything's fixed. Everything's healed. It's, it's practice. And it takes many opportunities to practice. And I feel too, it's like a lot of women that I do this work and I'm sure you hear a similar thing. Some are like, once they start coming into their bodies. And to me, it's like the, the journey of dissension, really letting, Mm -hmm. you know, ourselves descend into the heart, the body and the womb, you know, as women is connect to that earth, right. That's one thing you and I share. Yes. Back back to the ground, back to the anchor and back to the feminine core, you know, it may not feel like overnight so much is changing, but then my clients will share like, wow, I had a conversation with my mom last week. And I wasn't triggered in the way that I used to get really triggered, or I was able to respond to her differently. So it can be like the smallest of things that are happening that are the shifts, because as you expand your capacity to be in your body, there will be shifts externally. It might not just be in like the huge quantum leap kind of way that we're like programmed to think it happens in. It's in these really often like small moments that you start to really recognize like, whoa, this thing that I maybe am like programmed to just bypass was actually just a huge, huge thing, a huge breakthrough that happened, you know, and, you know, I'm getting all my initiations in partnership right now with my beloved partner. And, you know, that's a huge mirror. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. really witnessing And I've been doing this for years and years, like the last 15 years of my life has been dedicated to being in my body, this deeper trauma, healing, somatic work. And of course, you know, with him, I meet some of my biggest triggers because of course there's only so much healing you can do on your own. You have to be in practice and our relationships are going to be the practice field. It's like when we scrimmage, it's when we're in the game and it's been so fascinating to witness as we relate to each other, of course, in a really loving way, but naturally there's things that trigger me and it gives me an opportunity of, whoa, how am I going to meet this? How am I going to hold myself through this? Where am I going to take again, responsibility for my, my own response, you know, of how I'm letting this trigger 
activate or dismantle me? Or am I going to let this be an opportunity for my, my rising, my restoration, my, um, my own deeper remembrance of who I actually get to be through this experience. Mm, I love that. I've been married about 22 years. Oh yeah. And, um, (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, we can't, if you're, if you stayed married for 22 years, you had a lot of those opportunities, but, um, one of the things that I love the most about being married is, um, and being a mother too, because I think both of those, I, I have, you know, a 19, 16 and 11 year old. So I've got older kids that are, you know, adulting or yeah. So there's that, but I think that it's really an opportunity for a mirror, right there. You, you look into the mirror of a relationship and it triggers you. And then it shows you where you're still separated from love. It shows you where you're yeah. still hanging out in a, a belief that doesn't serve because there would be harmony and unity otherwise. Right. So you can say, Oh, it's you, you're causing this and please stop hurting me. Stop, you know, that resistance, like don't, don't trigger me. But what I've learned to do over the years is say, okay, like you said, that responsibility, that ownership, this is my trigger. It is showing me where I hold fear in my body. It's it's showing me where maybe I'm holding fearful beliefs in my mind. How can I address that? And oftentimes that's taking a step back, right? Taking a breath and saying, I need a little time. I need a little grace because while I'm triggered, isn't probably the best time to learn to swim. Totally. Yeah. Space. So you're always really asking powerful. for space and yeah. then coming back to the relationship with that new growth, integrating it into the relationship. Like, you know, I'm really sorry. Let's try this differently. Right. And over time you get more consistent with that new different. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not overnight. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be patient. Oh, never mind. I wasn't patient. You know, totally. totally. Yeah, it's, it's not overnight. I love it's- that. It's well, not I only- wanted to, I wanted to integrate something that you had said earlier, just because I think when I was talking offline with Nina, we were talking a lot about how we share common faith in Jesus. We have had Christianity in our background. Um, and a big part of your leadership is sharing how you feel Jesus leads. This is just what I noticed from looking at your work and yeah. unity being revolutionary, um, leading from presence, right? And as we talk about embodiedness, I learned this from my yoga training as well. Like one of the biggest aspects we have when we walk into any room, ego would say it's about what you do out here, right? It's about what you accomplish, but isn't it usually the being of someone that's actually the greatest teacher, right? How they walk in a space, how they stand in their firmness and their love and their hold space for other people to rise, right? That's a true leader, I think. And so um, I'm just interested in your, your concepts, you know, your thoughts on embodied leadership from your perspective as a Christian, right? What, what do you learn from Jesus? Cause I think a lot of people in my podcast, and even if you're not like your faith system has aspects of, or you're not, you know, your, your beliefs of unity being a revolutionary and standing in presence. So just bring that to the table as well. But I'd like to, I'd like to hear your perspective on that just cause I think yeah. that will be powerful for others. Yeah. I love, I mean, this is like one of my favorite topics and conversations to explore because I personally feel, you know, the greatest church is the one that beats in our own hearts. And I feel church is really resurrected through conversation. You know, God, Christ is designed to be in conversation in communion space with community, with others. It doesn't have to be in an institutionalized building. That's actually not where I found God at all. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I, I'm a woman too, that didn't grow up with, tons of layers of religious trauma in church hurt. You know, I grew up Methodist with my family and always had a very loving view of God and God being good. And since a young girl, I've always been very, very, very connected to spiritual spirituality and the spiritual realm. And I remember being a child playing out in the woods and like being by myself, but never feeling alone, like always feeling the presence of God. And since a young girl, I was always a writer. I wrote tons of poetry since like age seven and eight. And Mm. I I know so much of that was coming through from the divine. You know, it's look, my Nana would always be like, who wrote this? (laughs) Like, you know, where, and, and I just always was that way. I was, I was always felt connected to something like bigger and greater than me. And I also always felt held within something. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel this is part of the beauty of our feminine essence. And I love that you said the beingness because the beingness is the feminine. And to me, 
the feminine is really the reflection of God's heart and the beingness of God. You know, I see God itself being something far too big to fit into a defined shape and size and gender and image. And I feel God holds both maternal and paternal qualities, but my relationship with, with Christ is kind of that masculine face and aspect of God that helps me as a feminine woman feel like I'm held within this really beautiful and loving protective frame that my Mm. energy gets to lean into and be in a co-creative partnership with and flow with because the feminine, Oh, she's so beautiful, but she's chaotic. She's, (laughs) she's energy. She's essence. And, and that is our beauty. And this is why, in my work too, I primarily work with women, but I do work with a couple very, um, very successful men in my practice as well, who I've worked with for a number of years. And I love working with them because my work has never been about, Oh, just the feminism rising feminine rising. It's always yeah, been not mine either. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I know. And that's why I'm so called to you. And, and, you know, there's, I mean, I'm not going to go all into all the things because we would be here for hours talking about well, I, and I'll cue the audience and we've talked about feminine masculine energies as energies as ways yes. of like almost like qualities or yeah. um traits or nature that exist in both men and women right mm-hmm. and so men have divine feminine right it may not be their dominant some of them it is it does it depends right so gender isn't the same as feminine masculine energies just to remind the audience because yeah. it can get kind of confusing what we're talking about but this ability to flow and create, we all, we recognize that everyone has that, right? As human Absolutely. beings, we have that flow, that creative, that, yes, that, that love, that peace, that, that space of divine creativity that's in everyone. Absolutely. And yeah, just like you were saying, Summer, you know, we all typically embody, you know, a more dominant pole and, Mm -hmm. you know, many women embody the more feminine pole and many men embody a more masculine pole and that feminine, you know, is, is the essence of inspiration, creativity, beauty, love, like that part of God itself. And then the more masculine pole carries the logos, the consciousness, the truth, the more warrior, the protection, the safety, the stability, the direction. And again, we're designed to be in, yeah, co-creative collaborative partnership, you know, even going to a gender space, men and women are of equal value, but we're different so that we can complement and be in a co-creative union together so that, and I always say as the feminine descends, as the feminine really goes into body, heart, and womb and resurrects the fullness of love that she truly is a channel for. And it just burns so ferociously, like, especially in the feminine heart, we actually inspire the masculine to rise in their purpose and potential and direction and vision here. And that's like, the most beautiful thing, but even in our own design and partnership with God, that energetic is, is really alive. And when I was really kind of coming back into my big, like remembrance and really restoring of relationship with God, because to me, God is a relationship, not a religion. Uh It's, it's Uh really, um, something that I feel is, is meant to be felt, you know, not, learned through legalism and indoctrination and dogma and all the things that unfortunately have become very prevalent and have really shaped a lot of our views of God on earth is through a more legalistic lens, which has been extremely harmful. And to me, confining for people and their uniqueness. Totally. Yeah. That's what I've seen too. Totally. And it's really Mm -hmm. this deeper embodied experience. So when I had my encounter with God, you know, most profoundly a couple of years ago in 2020, you know, that was when I had my encounter with, with Christ. And I then became, um, you know, just really renewed in my own faith and also really recognized Christ in a whole new way and really developed even deeper safety with the masculine through Christ, which actually helped to resurrect the full fullness of my own feminine essence, because there was finally this like most high, like sacred masculine pole that I could connect to, to really feel so held in my femininity and expressed in that way. But the journey of Christ is, 
I mean, Christ to me is, was a radical revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and, and Christ was hated by the law, by those in power and by the religious people, the Pharisees at the time that he was walking the earth, you know, Christ was loved by the sinners, by the broken, by the disabled, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, so- he wasn't necessarily, he wasn't, in, he wasn't putting a note out for the institutions to stay institutions. No, he was all about, yeah, you think Great about thing. Yeah, you think about he was he was even you know even just between bringing the the Gentiles into the Jewish right there was this concept yep. of like we're all one we're yep. all one that he really yep. taught was, totally and women he was such a powerful riser of women leadership in a time when women yep. had very little power in leadership very little and in women yeah. were, were a, a huge part of the first century Christian movement. I mean, Absolutely. In yeah. this, and of course, you know, as we've gotten later through the centuries, you know, so much has been lost and right. so many of those teachings were lost. And this is, I think, of course, why we're feeling this very deep reclamation of the feminine because her voice has been suppressed and has been um, stuffed down in, in many ways. So there is, you know, a general like rising of the feminine energy on earth, but to me coming from that deeper place of bringing more love, like where can we stretch love where it hasn't gone and really build this bridge. But to me, Christ was the highest embodiment of, of beloved identity and of love itself and of grace and of forgiveness and ultimately peace. And, you know, and when I look at Christ too, it's always like, wow, there is such a, there's a, such a courage <laughs> to walk the earth in that way. And for me, the greatest gift that Christ has, has given me has been that courage, you know, in my own heart and really that remembrance of beloved identity, like how loved and whole and cherished and worthy I always have been in God's image that has not changed from the moment I was born. And that remembrance itself has resurrected such a bravery and a courage in me to walk in this world, to be the leader that I am and to not be afraid to expose my heart and to share my truth and to be vulnerable because, you know, that's what Christ did, you know? And, and as I kind of, you know, have relationship with Christ and and God and really let myself be again in a partnership because I think for a long time I was a little bit more like in the new age space where it was more like self-sourcing energy and almost like you know cosmic blob like universe like very impersonal relationship with God where almost that became feeling like oh I carry the weight of the world I'm doing this on my own like it's all mm-hmm. about ascension and just going to the next level and all of the things where coming back into relationship with God was really like this co-creative energy that really became alive. And it is like a dance. It's like, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm literally collaborating with the divine, with the most high. And I'm a beloved child in, in that image. And I've been gifted unique things that are here to help and serve and support the earth's evolution. And, you know, this beautiful feeling of like, I don't have to do that by myself. And I really get to, you know, lean into God as I'm taking the next brave step. And it's, you know, this co-creative energy is, is so beautiful. And I, I really do believe our ultimate purpose on earth is to really, arrive back into union with God and the divine and really resurrect the fullness of love that beats in our own hearts so that we truly can share the light of God on this earth. You know, I always think it's like, mm, if, it's beautiful. If, if everybody was walking in the remembrance of their beloved identity, how whole and worthy and complete and loved and how deeply they belong, we would have a totally different earth. There would be no, there would, would be no separation anymore. And I feel separation. There would, there would be no divide. I'd like to bring out the divide between, and this point I am mentioning masculine energy, like divide between even gender, because there'd be this sense of this is what is so essential that you bring. This is what is so essential. Oh, by the way, there's as many combinations of that as there is, you know, leaves on a tree, right? Like, yeah. I think that sometimes for the space that I would literally like to bring in, 
we can look at the, 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 the typical, or maybe the, if we look at a bell curve, curve the normative, well, this is what it looks like to be a woman, or this looks, but we know that's not what it is. That's why we have a bell curve, right? So yeah. I've, I've met very, ma a little bit more masculine energy women and very feminine energy men. Like I've met, you know, people and, and then, then there's the whole combination conversation of gender and all that is unique yeah. there. Right. But there's just this ability then to say, I'm not going to try to put a label on something that is labelless, right? Like you can't, you can't label ourselves. You can't put yourself into a box because God yeah. broke the box with you. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so I really love the idea of not boxing people in, but saying, let's create a space where I can really own my identity in God. You can really own your identity in God or whatever, however you name that, right? Yeah. Your identity and truth and love. And then just how do we come together instead of saying you should be this and you should be that. And this is how you, you need to operate because it works for me. Yeah. Right. That's what we do in division, right? This oh, is, totally. these are the rules that my, I seem to want to follow. This creates safety for me, but it doesn't create safety for you because we don't create our perception of reality is created by our own experience. Right. And each yeah. one of us has such different experiences. And so we come from our lens, I'm right, you're wrong, but that's just your lens. hundred percent. And what was right. like Jesus teaching the most of love and acceptance? And yeah. And he, he really, he really, <laughs> one of my favorite stories on this, I don't know, you know, since we're bringing in Jesus a bit here, but one of my favorite stories on the Jesus flipping his lens is when I can, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the best scriptorian on this, but there's a woman that comes to him and is like, Hey, will you heal our group? And at this point he's just serving his own people, right? He's really focus on the Jewish people. And he's like, I can't bring this. He basically kind of mentioned something in reference to dogs. Like I wouldn't give that over there to that. That would be like not sanctifying. And you see the imperfection, even and the people have a hard time with this, but you see that his, his lens is also expanding. Jesus is also an expanding evolutionary human, just like we were. And then he flips and she's like, well, even the dogs get scraps from the table, right? This is her comment. She uses his lens to speak to him. And then he's like, wait a minute you're right. I, why am I holding this for just, and then you see Jesus from then on expand the message to everyone, right? It goes beyond Jewish people. It goes to the fat, the fair, everyone else, right? It's, yeah. he's like, oh yes, thank you for helping me see, because we have the very opposite. We have a woman and a woman, not of his people, right? Someone that's outside of his faith tradition. And he's like, no, this message is for all, right? This God's love, God's unity is for all people. And I really, really love that message because you have Jesus energy expanding. You see him going further. And what makes him a perfect teacher to me is his ability to always say yes to the divine, right? Always say yes to that new perspective coming in. Not that it was always there because he grew just like we grow, but to always say yes, not, not what I want, but what, what is coming through me, I'm going to do that thing. And I think we're all we're learning how to let that self will go, right? How to say not what I want, right? But whatever is coming through me. So yeah. that's really that embodied leadership yeah. um, aspect. I don't know. That's just something I thought was a powerful lesson that's taught because we often think we should be there already. And when you see Jesus also evolving, you're like, wait a minute, if the divine teacher is evolving, I guess it's okay if I evolve too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And powerful. I the yeah. Example. yeah. And I, well, and I think what something you said in that is really powerful because I do think true embodied leadership is when you can surrender your will to the mm -hmm. divine will and really like untangle and unravel, you know, all the places that, yeah, the ego is trying to step in and, and you're even working and this might be really unconsciously. I mean, trust me, I've been here really working from that more me consciousness and, you know, just doing things from that more I place, which again, can be very subtle. I mean, I can recognize where I did this in my business, you know, a desire for more. And I think my, you know, the feminine is always going to yearn for more. That's just part of her nature. But some of my more for a time in my business was for more money, more clients, more impact. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. And most of that was coming from like a very genuine place of service, but there was subtlety in that, that was connected to, oh, if I have more of these things, I'm more worthy. So again, that mm -hmm. was like a really right, like very me centered kind of place. Whereas God really brings us into this other centered consciousness, this 
this other centered love. Which it's the we, like, right? The me to the we. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. How can I be of service to the collective Yes. and trust that I'm already enough and secure and I don't need to earn my worthy? Yeah, I think that's really empowered. Um, so we're finishing up here. We're almost at time. Just sad because like we could talk for hours. I think there's so many aspects <laughs> totally. to this. Um, so um, but what do you think gets in your way of people doing this, right? Being able, because I, I, I you know, we, we taught the principle and I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I know that, but how, you know, I still feel fearful, right? It's still hard for me to face rejection and abandonment of systems, right? It's still hard for me I still have a very physical reaction to that in my body, right? There's um, some real challenges that we we face as we learn to stand in our uniqueness and, and shine our light. And I've personally felt that I've I've, I've wavered, I've I've fallen back um, many many times, right? Because I think that's how we learn. We cycle through lessons. <laughs> yes. And um, but what what would you say has helped you? Uh, maybe three things that you could talk to us about that have helped you embody your gifts you know, live from your unique experience while feeling grounded in your physical body, right? So you can feel that sense of support as you're trying to do this. Yeah, no, this is a great question. And yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, which is really like the root of my, my work and what I, you know, do and kind of teach and share with women is, is really the remembrance of beloved identity. So really restoring who God is and who you actually are in God's image. And I always say that God is good and you are love like that real remembrance that you are the beloved and your wholeness has always, has always been complete within you. There is no reaching outside and needing to strive and thinking that you have to earn your wholeness and your worthiness. Like it exists in you because you are a heartbeat on this planet and you come from the breath of God. Like literally there's nothing bigger. I think that we get to remember here. And I feel like when we're so deeply anchored in the embodied remembrance of that, like not just maybe knowing and intellectualizing it through the mind, like this is something that sometimes takes time to really feel. And it's not perfect. Mine wavers, you know, I'm always coming back into this remembrance, but ultimately sourcing my identity in God and not through the world has been like the most liberating thing that I've experienced in my life because it really helped me let go of all the places that I was like sourcing and outsourcing my energy to again, worldly measures of, of who I should be and, and where my worth should come from. And, oh, you'll be whole when you do this or get this or achieve this or all those constructs. Just remember like I'm, I'm literally born whole and worthy because I'm a beloved and cherished daughter of, of God. You know, there's, there's nothing greater than that. And that remembrance. How does, how do you do that? Like for you, right. What is that like on a day-to-day practice? I I, I love that, but I, I remember people saying that to me years ago and being like, yeah, but I'm not feeling it. Like in my soul, it's not, it's not getting from my head into my heart. Yeah. And, and because you do with body work, like I do body work. Maybe you can give some examples. There's just a couple of things that you do on a daily basis that help you embody that truth. Yeah. That, that women can do or men can do because men and women both need this, right? This is how we grow. Oh, oh, totally. And, you know, a huge part of this is restoring relationship itself with God. So whatever that looks like for you and so having rituals of practice of relationship. Okay. Yeah. And this, this, I mean, this has a lot of depth. This could be a whole podcast conversation. It could. I was just, I was just wanting people I, maybe have a direction of like where they could start yeah. with this. Yeah. And this, and relationship is going to be the biggest thing. And, and again, forming a relationship takes often untangling of, of where different beliefs have been indoctrinated into of who God is. And we also project a lot of our parental authority onto God and where we were loved or not loved, you know, as right. a young so being aware of the beliefs that are coming in, maybe telling you that you're not, yeah, that that's not true. Totally. Okay. So really looking, yeah. you know, looking at those deeper and grain, like where do some of these beliefs and stories that I'm not fully loved and whole and worthy coming from? Like, where did I pick those up? What are kind of in the roots and the soil of that to just start to remember the awareness. And then that typically leads into another huge piece of my work is a lot is inner child healing. So again, like healing those deeper wounds of abandonment and rejection and betrayal and humiliation and injustice, you know, all the things that we've each met in our lifetime that have now formed our fears ultimately in our protective responses. So 
really doing that deep inner work of, of nurturance and love and forgiveness and acceptance is, is so powerful because I believe those things are what liberates us to be more of who we are. And that's a journey that looks unique to everybody, but so much of a piece of it is slowing down to be in your body, to listen to the stories, to listen to the beliefs, to understand where those are coming from. And then looking at the little part of yourself that's carrying that and asking her or him, how can I help you feel more safe again? How can I support you? How can I help you remember how loved you are? So it is a lot of that deeper, um, reparenting. I think reparenting ultimately gets to come and sourced, you know, from, and I teach from that class. work as well in my um, classes and things. I, I think re- inner, inner child healing is whole work, but people can like look into that. There's somatic internal family systems. If you're oh, looking for yes. some really good resources yep. for that. Yeah. Um, that's what I teach in my current course. I'm teaching right now, the healing art. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you also teach this so people can look at your resources. Um, yeah. yeah. I do think there's an, a, there's a moment I've been talking about this with my population of stepping into meeting the wounded in itself and then stepping out and being the playful child too. Right. Because yes. I think one yep. thing I like to talk to this audience about, I, I love to do the deep dive alchemy. I I'm, I'm kind of like, if there's a fire I'm running in, let me go there. Yeah. But what I've learned is how important it is to say, okay, I need to let the heat go in my body. I need to let the sympathetic go. I need to let my body come back to neutrality, right? Feel calm in my nervous system, gain a little like reprieve there. And then then I can go in again, just like you can't lift weights all day long, right? You're going to, you're going to hurt your body. It's the same with this. You're kind of lifting, you're kind of like, you can't give birth all day long either. Right. So you're, you you have to like, let the body recover. Even women in, in, in contractions, they'll have a contraction, then their body will take a break, right. It'll recover. And then it'll go in again. So just letting yourself have this flow between I'm doing the work and I'm taking a space to heal and connect and play and enjoy just be in my body, enjoy that I have one, right? And then yeah. come back to doing the work. So there's this ebb and flow between in the work, out, yeah. outside the work, integrating what you already did over here. Absolutely. I like to bring that out because I, I have a lot of clients just go for the gusto and then they get burned really far out. 100. And, and it is, it's a really divine dance. And I really love, mm-hmm. cause that's probably one of the next things I, I would have said is that yeah. this curiosity and like really mm-hmm. resurrecting like yeah. inner innocence of your child. And something I work on a lot with women too, is also like really learning how to celebrate ourselves and like mm-hmm. really real, like big and small things. Like, just like I got out of bed today and like, I did my hair nice and like, I feel good. Right. Or like, gosh, I went on, I went on that walk that I said I was going to do. And I followed through with that commitment to myself, or I made myself a delicious dinner or, or it could be like, you know, a really big, exciting thing, but really as women, we have, we bypass our celebrations like really easily. And I feel when we can really anchor into like celebration itself to me, celebration is just like an expression of, of gratitude and like just deep appreciation for ourselves and essentially the good and the beautiful and the magical and like the love that is present in our life. That is also what helps our nervous system build resiliency. Like absolutely, it really does. It, it really heals yeah. your nervous system to play and laugh and move. Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just love that you brought that in because that, that truly is like the dance of it. It's like, we can't be in like the deep shadow spiral. Like I've done it. That's what I'm saying. I've been there and been like, I'm really, really dark now. And I'm not sure I can pull myself out of this. And so, and usually what I had to do to pull myself out of it was get back connected to that creativity, that play. And then but now learning that there just needs to be always this dance between, I don't want to, it's balanced. Right? I don't ever want to get too far to either extreme yes. and, you know, you're going to go in and do the work and then you're going to come out and you play and you're just kind of, kind of going, sometimes you go further in, but then if you go further in, you're going to need to go further to the other side and play a little deeper, maybe take a little more space because, you know, we, sometimes we go deep. That means we need to come out from the deep too. Right. So I think Absolutely. it's acknowledging that, that dance of, between those two energies. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. it's the same with emotions. I mean, I know that, you know, this summer, but it's like, yeah, no, all, it's like that we're only going to feel like the fullness of joy as much as we also know the fullness of grief. It's, right. it's like, right. It's like being in the safety of 
I get to really dance in the duality of, you know, sadness and bliss and heartache and love and like all of these things. And especially as women, like you live in a feminine range. If you are a woman listening to this, like you move through many emotions in your day to day, <laughs> like in 28 is- days, you go through oh, birth and redeath, right? We yes. can talk about that in another podcast, yeah. but, but yeah, absolutely. Like there's this, there's this cyclical hormonal it's all it's genetic as well as yeah. spiritual. Yeah. yeah. I saw on your podcast that you teach that Chinese medicine concept of, yeah. of, um, how we cycle as women, but you know, maybe we'll just have to do another podcast and talk about some other, yeah, these yeah. other things. But, um, yeah. So I think we got two. I, was there one more just burning? Like what else would I suggest to this podcast before we, we mm. close? And it's, it's totally up to you. We've, we've said a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. Just truly rebuilding a relationship with your body. Your body is always going to be your breakthrough really restoring relationship with God divine, what that looks like for you. So you can be in a deeper co-creative dance and more open to surrender, because that's really where magic is going to unfold in your life. When you're in that more receptive, opened place to actually receive the beauty that wants to be birthed through you. And then and then anchoring the courage to take, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think too, so much, I've been talking about this a lot with women in my space, especially women that are really moving through the, the depth of the dilation and moving through the discomfort and kind of untangling the old stories and then realizing where they can just spiral into the mind and the story. And then question, like, why don't I feel like I'm going anywhere? And I always am saying, well, do you feel, are you taking action? You know, you're getting guidance. You're maybe receiving some clarity, but then it's up to you, you know, God honors free will. Like that is Mm -hmm. one of the, 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 yeah, you get to choose to take that step into the unknown. And I think we don't like the unknown sometimes. We totally, we get so uncomfortable there, Mm -hmm. but the unknown is, is the great mystery. And we're never going to know what gets to be birthed unless we step into that place. So it's often really just trusting like what would be the next courageous step for me to take today. And that doesn't have to be a huge thing. It might be, I reach out to someone who I've been really interested in connecting with and just saying hi and opening a conversation. It might be wearing a color that you don't normally wear. That makes you feel like, Ooh, a little edgy. Like I'm wearing this vibrant color. It might be, you know, doing your hair a different way or trying some, I'm in a like Brazilian dancing class right now, like a partner dance. That sounds fun. So fine and so edgy. I've never done something like that before. Wow. Right. Connecting so, you to divine sexuality. I love that. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> oh, it's a great practice for um masculine and feminine energetics. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds um, awesome. Well, I, I feel like the women in this group got some beautiful, like just a conversation of kind of where they're at in their hearts and how to connect and trust your own. I would, I always tell my coaching group is trust your own creative intelligence, right? Creative intelligence, Holy spirit, divine, it's kind of all one thing. And so, so what, whether you think of it's just intuition, learning to listen to that inner voice, quieting the mind a little more that wants to take you always to that familiar past, right? Always wants to repeat, repeat the same. So you can expand those boundaries and really step into that trust and relationship. And what I got from you, Nina, tell me if I'm wrong, is that we're so supported though. Like, I think we fear that if we step into that unknown, we're going to fall off a cliff. But I think what this looks like is taking the step, not knowing if you're going to be supported, at least for me, it was like that. And then, and then you take it and you realize you were so much more supported than you ever knew. And people start coming into your space and supporting you. And you're like, because I took that space and I didn't fall off a cliff, I can take another. And you start to take larger and more strident steps because of that trust in that relationship. So for you that are in these new steps, just take a step. Like she said, even a little one, feel the support and maybe take a little further step, feel that support. And with time, you'll build that sense of however you name the divine, like I'm not alone here. There is a plan. I'm supported. I, I also believe in the power of women to support themselves, right? Like we have divine masculine. So like you can have these ideas and these structures that come in and say, how can I support myself? as well. I think it's a dance between the, the, the big S, if you will, God's spirit and our own S and like understanding that we're, we're growing from the, the child into the mature adult in God as well. So I think that's the other thing I would bring out here is trust that you can make decisions for your own life and you're actually guided to do that. Um, 
And when you start to do that and it goes well and peace happens and you realize that your family expands and things get better for doing it, you'll have more and more confidence in your own embodied leadership, right? Oh, absolutely. That's all I would add to the space. Yeah. Like it's coming through, but yeah. Thank you so, so much. How can people learn more about you and like follow you? That's kind of, I, I'm so glad I decided to take a step and reach out to connect to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I honestly love connecting with women so much and the core values of my whole space way of grace is community connection and collaboration. So, you know, this conversation, I just loved having with you summer and there's oh, so many beautiful threads and gems and jewels that got we'll have to- you back. We have lots right. to talk about. Oh, I, I kind so of, many. I feel, I feel that there's more here. So if you so want make sure you comment and like yes. or whatever mediums, but so they can, do you have a website? You have an Instagram. How can they find you? Yeah, I have my Instagram is way underscore of underscore underscore grace. That's my community space way of grace. And my website is ninapetruzzo.com. And I also have a podcast called the rising feminine collective podcast. So there's it's also, great. I listened to some of it. It's people, really good. Oh yeah. And summer I'll have you on at some point too, for sure. Because that I love bringing collaborative conversations because I feel we learn with each other. So yeah, those are the main little places. And I do have a free inner child bundle that I'll be happy to share with your community summer. Um, Oh, great. Awesome. I think a lot of people are in that space in my work and that would any support there. Uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the link for that. So you can share it with your community, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'm just so grateful and yeah, grateful to have had this conversation today. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure all this information is posted at wholewomenlink.com as well. So you can go there and find this podcast and find all the deeds on how to connect with Nina. Thanks so much for being here, Nina. Thank you, Summer.